0: You're listening to the ministry of Potter's House Church Wandsworth, a Christian Pentecostal church based in South London, preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. Our call is to reach the lost, make disciples, and plant churches. For more information on who we are and what we do, visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk. Today... Um... I want to give you some insight into, I believe, a battle that I was struggling with, Um, I was sharing this, I shared this with the guys we meet, some of the guys we meet um, in the mornings before service and, you know, a few months back I, I, I was sharing some of the struggles that I had faced and some of the battles that I was having in my mind. and. I thought, especially as we're going into this season, summer, right? We shouldn't be scared. We shouldn't be worried because we know that God is going to help us overcome. Amen, church? Amen. Amen. But the thing is, I want us to kind of open our eyes to certain things. And towards the beginning of the year, um, the latter part of last year, moving into this year, as I, you, know, you know, I were sharing all the things that were happening that I was facing in my workplace and so on and so forth. But what happened was I started to have a, a, a mind battle. And the mind battle was, is this worth it? And I'm not speaking about salvation, but I was speaking about being a minister of the gospel. Is it worth it? And the reason I kept asking myself this question was because... There were certain things that I was exposed to when I was going through certain struggles, maybe financially, certain struggles that I was facing in the, you know, know, as you guys know, when we bought our house, all of our savings went into this thing and... Certain, you know, financial battles start to creep in, and I'm looking at my ministry as a preacher of the gospel. You know, linking up with young men and women, trying to invest in them, and spending so much time doing these things, and I started to have this battle in my mind, saying, "Is it worth it?" And one of the things that towards the beginning of the year, I thought, you know, what, maybe the devil's going to start to let up, but um, you know, I had this, sh- I had to go to this event. And the day before the event, I went to go meet some of these speakers, some of the key speakers. And, you know, I was there for maybe about six or seven hours. And I went to go into this car park. I've got a video to show you what I saw when I was down there. And, you know, I think I've told you guys this before. That's, you know, that's my car over there. And I parked next to uh, that, that P1 belongs to a guy called Pete Champion. Um, The McLaren, sorry, the Aston Martin belonged to, I think it was Steve and that's uh, the new Land Rover, the Maserati and went into this car park and as I go into this car park, you know, I felt slightly embarrassed of my car because as you know, everyone's getting out of their cars, you know, I'm, I'm looking around and you know, my car is the only car that's not a six figure car, right? And these this guys, man, I'm a sinner, right? Come on, guys. I'm a sinner. I understand. Some of you, like, man, some of you say, oh, I wish I just had a car. But as as, we were in, as I'm in this space, no word of a lie, in addition to the battle that I was facing, yeah, I started to think to myself, these guys, we're all there. We're going to be speaking at, at this event. We're all equal. And when I say we're equal, we're equal in position, we're uh, equal in authority, but the remuneration is not the same. Do you understand what I'm saying? And, you know, as I go up there, you know, it's one of these, you have to pay for how long you're going to be there, and, you know, I, I go to pay for the, for the for, you know, for parking in this space, and it was 80 pounds for the seven hours. You know? And let, let me tell you something, yeah? I don't walk around with 80 pounds. Do you get what I'm saying? And it was, it was just, as we're there... I'm just like is there a way I could pay by card and you know and these guys just had cash and as I'm in this environment no word of a lie I felt embarrassed and remember this yeah I have to put this with the additional battle that I'm having about the ministry about the struggles that I'm facing at that given time and I started to realize that you know what I was losing my mind but at this point in time I hadn't really figured it out yet so We had the show, and then we had another roadshow event um, the following day. And uh, after this roadshow event, I was sharing this with Pastor Courtney, and um, I think it was Pastor, one of the pastors came recently. And I was driving back from the show, and I pulled up next by the traffic lights. It was in central London coming from one of these shows. And I was at this traffic light, no word of a lie, and the traffic light just didn't seem to change. You know, traffic lights normally last for 30 seconds, 45 seconds, you know, but I'm at this traffic light and there was this car there. And I start looking at the car. And because I, I was kind of behind it, I was looking at the lights of the car. And I'll be honest with you, when I was looking at these lights, something in me was just looking at the shape of the lights. Put the lights on for me, please. And no one ever lied. I don't even like this type of car, but I was looking at the lights. Then I started to see, you know, I'm I'm at this traffic light. Listen, it, you know, it was it's probably about 30 seconds, but man, the devil made it feel like a lifetime. <laughs> then I noticed these, these 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 seats. They were cream leather interior, and it had this. I was looking at the stitching. Have you ever noticed that the stitching is so thick? And I'm just sitting there. I'm, listen, I was in full on lust mode, right? And I'm looking at this thing. I'm looking at the wheels, and I'm and I'm t- I'm. T- let me tell you something, guys. Yeah. I'm sitting there and I was just staring at this thing. It felt like forever. And as I'm looking at this thing, can I tell you, at that traffic light, I don't even know how long it was. It felt like a lifetime. I made a decision. I made a decision. Do you know what? Maybe God has not called me to preach the gospel. Maybe God has called me to facilitate for others to go out and preach the gospel. You know? And within the same... It was actually the following day, I received an email with a a job presentation. And they were saying, you know what? We would like to, you know, there's only two candidates for this position. We would like you to be the second candidate. Um, You know, this company asked us to contact you directly. And, you know, they were speaking about all of these things. And, you know, I'm excited because I've been wanting a change at work. And, listen, they said the salary. I, I mean, I almost fell out of my chair, man. I was, listen, man, I was speaking in tongues, but I was like, hallelujah, right? And all of this was going on, and as I started to go more and more into the role and, you know, the country that I would have to kind of go to, I started saying to myself, because remember, the day before, I had made up in my mind that, you know what, maybe this preaching thing is not for me. And what it was that, you know, what was going on, I, I start to make these decisions, There was no actions yet. I haven't done anything. I'm still preaching. I'm still meeting with men, investing in them. I'm still doing Bible studies. I'm still encouraging people, counseling, doing all of the things that I'm expected to do as a minister of the gospel. But I tell you right now, in my mind, I was having this battle. It was overwhelming. And I thank God that I was able to pick up the word of God and realize I was sinking. I was sinking. I was making decisions, I was making choices, they weren't even verbalized, I I didn't even want to tell my wife, and the reason why I didn't want to tell her, because I knew she was going to rebuke me, so I kind of had these things, and I'm playing these things out in my mind, and you know, I remember speaking to one of my pastoral friends, I'm trying to, you know, work out this, I'm saying, do you think maybe this, and he's like, no bro, you've been called to preach the gospel, man, and you know, we was having a meal, um, with the pastor from America, with Pastor Courtney and Pastor Mars was there. And I start telling them the story about the traffic lights. And, you know, you know he was just like, get, get behind me, Satan, man. You know, And it was the interaction. These, these men were able to kind of speak to me and expose what it is that I was going through. They were able to help me understand that I was sinking. I want to preach a message that you're sinking, but you don't really, you don't really know. In the book of Matthew 14, verse 29 he said he said come so peter got out the boat and walked on water and came to jesus but when he saw the wind was that uh, the wind he when he saw the wind sorry he was afraid and beginning to sink he cried out lord save me i want us to pray father we thank you right now for your grace your mercy lord father god the opportunity to share your word i pray that father god our hearts will be open lord father god and i pray that you will give us revelation and understanding In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. You know, I was speaking to uh, a pastoral friend of mine um, on the way here, and he was talking to me about he's stepping down out of the ministry. And as he's speaking to me about this, I'm just like, what's going on? And he he starts to explain that, you know, some of the issues that he's facing in his marriage and some of the problems that have come to the surface. And he's describing that, you know, you know, with with his wife, there's a lack of interest in you know in the things of God now. You know, she started to miss services, and you know, he's trying, he's almost trying to convince his wife to be in the house of God. And as he's describing this experience, as he's going through the different things, listen. I'm t- because this is my friend. This is not someone that I know of. This is not someone that I don't spend time with. This is someone that I would consider to be my friend. This is someone that I spend time with. That you know, we 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 speak almost on a daily basis. And he's calling me overwhelmed, faced, facing the struggles before him. And as he starts to describe what's happening to his wife, I said to him, "Bro, she's sinking." He's like, maybe it's this, maybe it's that, maybe it's all And I'm saying, no, bro, it's, it's, it's none of those things. She's sinking. She's losing her spirituality. She's starting to focus on things that she shouldn't be focusing on. You have to remember, guys, yeah? When you got saved, it was God who called you. God is the one who called you. And the picture of the scripture that we see right here before us is Jesus is coming on the water. It's the, it's the dead of night. They can't see who he is. And as he's walking on water, he calls Peter out, right? The Bible says not by faith, but not by sight, but by faith, right? So, you know, out of his faith, he steps out onto the water. He's walking and living in this miracle for a period of time. But then out of nowhere, this man, he starts to sink. Can I tell you something? All of us are going to face moments in our salvations when we start to sink. When we start to say, do you know what, this is not the church for me. When we start to say, do you know what, I don't want to read the word of God no more. Maybe you stop reading the word of God. Maybe you stop praying. You've got to start to ask yourself, what is it that I'm doing? What is it that I used to do that I don't do anymore? Because what I see here in the word of God is this man was sinking. You know the story of John the Baptist. This man, the Bible says he was filled with, with the Holy Ghost from his mother's womb. We understand that this man was a powerful man of God, but he gets to a point in his life where he sends a messenger to Jesus and he says, listen, shall we look for another? Are you the Christ? Why? The man was sinking. We see it with Peter when, you know, he's, he's standing before and he denies Jesus Christ to the point that the man even starts to swear. Why? Because he was sinking. And the thing is, guys, we cannot be ignorant to think these mighty men who, do you know what, lay the foundations of our salvation and what we do today, if they can fall into a place where they start to sink, where they start to doubt, when they start to see the storm and the storm is overwhelming their faith and they get to a place where they no longer believe in what they believed in. If we, if we see these men, how much more you and I? And the thing is, when you get to this place, when you are sinking, it's very hard to notice it. Very, very hard. You see, I had this, um, I had a car a long while ago, and it had a slow puncture. And, you know, if you have a car, you, you've, you've probably experienced a slow puncture. And, you know, for some reason, I, I got out one morning, and the tire was flat. So, you know, you go to the, the petrol station, you put your, tw- it used to be 20p now, it's like a pound. You put your 20p in there, you know, you my age now. <laughs> you, you, you pump up the tire, and as you pump up the tire, a week later, it starts going down again. But over time, what happens is that that slow puncture starts to get gradually worse. So you start off by the slow puncture lasting you a week. Then it lasts you a few days. Then it only lasts you a day. And then you know what? Eventually you get to the place where you, you go to work. You pump it up in the morning. You finish work. The tire is flat. You understand what I'm saying? It is, it's sinking. It's constantly losing air. But gradually it's, it's losing something that it's not supposed to be losing. Listen, as we're saved, guys, yeah, the Bible says we're leaky vessels we're leaking constantly and what that means guys is that we can find ourselves in situations where we no longer have the same faith and excitement of the things of God that we used to have can I tell you you know what it got to a point where you know I was being invited to go and preach in other churches and you know my wife would be like oh Pastor So-and-so wants you to come and preach I'm like you know it's kind of long though man I'm I'm being honest with you you want me to drive all the way down to Bournemouth you know it's going to take me a few hours to get there, speak for half an hour, then drive back. You know, do you know how much that... You know, if someone was to book me at work, do you know how much that would cost? You know, I, I, this is this, this, this the things that I'm having in my mind. Do you, do you understand what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, they're going to bless you with a love offering. So, like, man, it's not going to cover my petrol. Do you understand what I'm saying? And this is the way that I was thinking. And it gets to a point, you know, some of the guys up north, you know, one guy in Scotland, I said, I, just, I said, i I'm not going. I'm not going. I'm not, I'll pay for your, tr- I'm not going, it's long, do you, do you understand what I'm saying? But there was a time when all the time, you know, we only get five minutes to preach in men's D, ten minutes to preach, if you ask me to preach in another country, I'll buy my own plane ticket, I'll get on the plane, do you understand what I'm saying, guys, right? And the thing is, I didn't realize this, but I was sinking, I was losing my faith. Listen, won't the Bible says, do not be conformed to this world? Sometimes we'll read this thing too lightly, man. Man, the, the world got me, man. Thing got me, man. It got me, it got me big time. And I'm, I find myself, I don't even understand what's going on, but I'm losing my mind. People are sinking into depression. And sometimes you speak to people, and they sound, they sound mundane. Like, when people slip into depression, they, they sound very monotone. They, they, they're almost like there's no life in them. Hey, what's going on? Hey, hey man, we've got this concert. Oh, yeah, I can't come. Why can't you come? Are you busy there? No, I just don't feel like it. I just don't feel like, and I'm not even doing it to mock, but I'm telling you, if you've ever met someone who's depressed, when you're trying to get them excited to do anything, they just don't want to do it. Listen, it didn't happen overnight. We are leaky vessels. All of a sudden, something is happening, and they're losing their faith. They're losing their excitement. They're falling into these things. Pride, man. Pride. Pride. You know, I was sharing with some of the guys, um, I've been, you know, by the grace of God, man, by the grace of God, I've been, I've had a few opportunities to speak in a few places for work. And, you know, I'm around these people. They've got personal, like, PAs. Man, I'm I'm working everything out myself. You know, I'm plugging into the projector, getting my presentation ready. These guys are just chilling. They're just chilling there, too. It's their time to speak. They go up and speak. They're speaking. Someone's operating the projector, just doing all of these things. And I'll be honest with you, I'm like, how come I ain't got one of those? I need one of those, man. What kind of nonsense is that? You know, when I got saved, man, my, my, my tithe was, was barely 100 quid, right? And God was able to cool me out of all the struggles, my addictions, my poverty, and he's, he's blessed me and brings me to a place. And now I've forgotten my original blessing. To the point now, I'm now, this pride has creeped in that, you know what, you think you're, you're some No, man, I'm just a sinner like everybody else. These things, they creep up on you, man. No one backslides in a the moment. They don't just one day on fire for God, next minute they don't believe anymore. What happens is they start to sink slowly, 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 and before you know it, you lose the excitement and it's overwhelming sometimes. You know, people don't even recognize this thing, man. You know, I was thinking about this from the perspective of, uh, of David, yeah? That man standish, he started strong, right? Man, how can this uncircumcised Philistine... Right? I, I will go and fight Goliath. All that big talk, right? Yeah, You don't, you don't know the story? Yeah. You guys know the story, right? Yeah. He starts off with all of that. This guy's got victories. The Bible says to us that you know, all of these men who were weary and you know, broken and messed up and their life was going down, they would go to him. And as they go to him, you know what was happening? He was able to lift these men up. The Bible shows us that he makes them mighty men. But we read the scriptures in the book of Samuel and it presents a case to us. It says, when the kings were supposed to be out at battle, he stayed behind. He was sinking. At the time, remember this, at one point he was at the forefront. At one point he was the one setting the pace. But now all of a sudden he's sending his troops. Even the otherworldly kings are in the place where they're supposed to be. But where was David? He was sinking. These things, guys, yeah, if you're not careful... If you start to believe, maybe I've, I'm, I'm just maturing in my Christianity. That's why I don't do as much for the things of God like I used to. No, no, no. Let me tell you something, man. You're sinking. You're sinking. And the thing is, you know, it's one of those things that I, I feel those things as well. You know, with kids, I love my boys. I love them. But Saturday is a full-time job. You know, Kung Fu in the morning. Then you've got football for one. Then the other, the other two start football at a later time. By the time you finish that, it's, it's, it's one o'clock. Then you've got to bring them back, got to do their homework, because church is a full day, right? You're doing their homework, one after the other, then they're mucking around, they don't want to pay attention because it's not everyday school, right? And you're, you're going through all of these things and then, then you've got to prepare the food and you know, my wife's doing this and she's trying to work it out and you're trying to also wash all the clothes because these brothers, what they do, they'll put a sock on, it doesn't match and they'll take it off and they'll put it in a laundry basket. And then you go, all these, do you understand what I'm saying? So Saturday comes along, it's long, and then all of a sudden I've got to go outreach, i got to go meet pastor in the morning. I'm just, I don't want to do it. I'm, I don't live around the ends no more, man. It's far. <laughs> do you get what I'm saying? And all of a sudden now, you, you find yourself before to be able to speak to my pastor. Oh, my days. Like I'm just going to meet up with him one-on-one. <laughs> I used to look forward to it, man. I remember there was a time, Carl um, might remember this, we went to a men's D. And we were trying to spend time with Pastor. (laughs) And he was tired, man. He was tired, man. So he took us to a place where the the restaurant was closed. (laughs) He's like, guys, it's closed. (laughs) He's he's not here. He's outside. Don't tell him I said that. Sister, for us, it's a secret. (laughs) No, but but seriously, man, we we used to look forward to spending time with him. But all of a sudden, I was like, hey, bro, we're still meeting up on Saturday. See, the thing, right? Yeah, you know, man's like, He's back. <laughs> it's a secret between us, guys. Guys, yeah. <laughs> Amen. No, but seriously, guys, because the excitement is now dying out, and the thing is, you you, you put it off to. Well, I'm growing now, I'm maturing. I've got other responsibilities. i You try to explain it, but the reality is, you're sinking. The things that you thought were amazing and valuable before, you no longer think this. You know, I think about a lot sometimes, you know, how this man was so blessed to get into a place where he loses his whole family. You know, his his daughters end up sleeping with him. I mean, it was a horrible mess, right? But what was it that got him to that place where even when he was drowning and the angels came and said to him, listen, we're going to destroy this place. Can I be honest with you? If if the man was not sinking and drowning, he he would have said, from that moment, the angel said, We're going to destroy it. Kids, wife, we're leaving. But the man was still there. Because this thing, when when you're sinking, you don't realize. And what you've got to be able to do, guys, is be sensitive to the destruction that is falling around you. We forget the miracle. You know, salvation is a miracle. It is a miracle. I was a sinner. I was a proper sinner. You know, I know some people don't really think, well, I were not that bad. Listen, I was, I was a sinner. You know, I ain't killed nobody or nothing like that, but listen, I was a sinner. Man, I, I, I listen, my lies had lies. Do you understand know what I'm saying? To say? I, I told so many lies that I didn't even know the truth anymore. I was a sinner. I was a proper sinner. You know, and it's, when I realize what God saved me from, it helps to kind of sober me. But the thing is, if you think about Peter in this moment, yeah, he's walking on the water. He's, he's walking in a miracle. But then he forgets he's walking on water and he starts looking at the storm. And the thing is, as I'm trying to understand and get that around my mind, I'm walking on water, but I'm looking at the storm. Hold on, I'm walking on water. I'm defying the laws of gravity, but I'm looking at the storm. You see, when you realize what God has saved you from and how you are operating in Christ... It makes the problems that you see around you so much smaller. But the thing is, this guy, he's, he's, he's living a miracle, transformation, blessing from God. But he starts to focus on these silly little things. Listen, the storm was there before he walked on water. Listen, when God found you, you was in the storm. You was about to lose your mind. You was about to make the wrong decision, end up in prison, end up losing your life. You fill in the gap. But God found you in that situation. He finds you in your sin. And he brings you out into this miracle. But then all of a sudden, you're looking back. You know so phenomenal? When he starts to sink, he doesn't start swimming back to the boat. Man, that boat, I can't go back to the boat after i walked on water. Do you understand what I'm saying? See, when people backslide and they go into the world, it's, it's some madness. It's like, man, this dusty boat. Look at this thing, man. Look at roll, this thing, man. Trying to move your life forward we weren't made for the water you know when I was thinking about this um, what's so phenomenal is that God wanted us to rise above it and that's what I see I see this thing they're going through the storm and God wants Peter to rise above it to be able to walk through you know we read scriptures such as I make a table for you in the midst of your enemies Right? God wants you to rise above these things, rise above the circumstances and the struggle and so on and so forth because we weren't made to live in this. I was was looking at water and it says that the human skin starts to break down after continuous immersion in water. After a few days you will start to suffer open sores, you're liable to fungal and bacterial infections if you stay in the water for three days or more. Um, Just from the sores and skins and the water itself, even if the water is perfectly sterile and the pressure of the water is not that great... Over time, what water starts to do, it reduces your blood pressure, or sorry, increases it. And just by you staying in the water, clean water, so on and so forth. You know, I also read that, you know, the Chinese government, what they used to do is they used to torture people by putting them in water for a few days. And when they were not even trying to drown them, just leaving them in water, just not allowing them to come out. And after a few days, they will try and make these people stand. These men could not even stand because they weren't made for that environment. Can I tell you, you weren't made for the world? If you, listen, sometimes, if you dip back into the world, you ain't gonna come back the same, man. Do you understand what I'm saying? That's not what you were made for. You were made to rise above it, right? We're in, but we're not of the world. Do you know what I'm saying? And the thing is, as you're facing these struggles and you're, you're seeing these things, it's so easy for us to get enraptured and, and pulled in by, you know, all the things that we see, people with money and so on and so And we I want that, I want that, I want, I want all the world has. And you forget about the treasures in heaven. You're not made for this world. You know, it's so scary sometimes because, what, like I'm saying to you, it doesn't matter who you are. You could be the pastor. You could be the bishop. I don't know. You're going to be faced with the same struggles. Like I said, when John was in that situation and he's in the jail cell, he's looking around. He's like, Man, I used to baptize people. I used to, and I used to, and I had all of these, and, and, man, go tell him. Are you the Christ? The re-? Because he looked at the storm. And do you what Jesus does? Jesus sends someone back and he was reminding him, Listen, people are being healed. People are being saved. People are being restored. He's trying to remind him of the miracles of what's happening, of what he has started. And he says, listen, there's none greater than this man. But even though this man was going through a situation where he found himself sinking. Listen, we're all going to face these things. We're going to have different battles. It could be a purity thing. It could be pride, depression, insecurity. These are things that we face. But if you allow these things to take you out, they're going to destroy you. You know, I was reading about this word uh, sinking in the the King James Version, and understanding it, it just simply meant um, drowning slowly. Do you know, um, even if you were the best swimmer, all you're doing is drowning slowly. What we try to do is we try to learn how to swim. I don't want to drown, so I'm going to learn how to swim. I was reading about this man who, um, he swam. He has the world record of swimming, I think it's something crazy, like 150 miles. You know, and he did it, you know, over a certain amount of days and hours and so on and so forth. And this guy was able to do it. And the thing that was so crazy, yeah, there's over 150 million square miles of the ocean. So even the best swimmer in the world, if you set him off and tell him to carry on swimming, eventually he's going to drown. And I use that to simply illustrate that you might be able to feel like right now you're handling a bit of the worldliness, right, and a bit of salvation, but can I tell you, even if you're handling it better than the other people that kind of dip themselves into the world, eventually you're going to drown. And this is why we have to get to the place where we say, listen, I can't do this. You know, the miracle of sinking is that, you know what, you realize you can't do this by yourself. You know, if, they, if God was allowing them to stay in a boat and row the boat, you know, you can kind of work that out yourself. But walking on water requires God. Listen, walking this walk in Christ, it requires God. And the first thing the devil is going to try and do is try and disconnect you from God. He's going to stop you from praying. He's going to stop you from reading. He's going to stop you from fellowshipping with the brethren. He's going to start telling you this is not the church for you, all of these things. He wants to disconnect you so you can start drowning. The moment you make that decision, the moment you make that choice, that's when you start to drown. And Peter starts sinking and he doesn't realize The Bible says in the book of Ephesians, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. You know, sometimes we think that because we've been saved for a while, we can kind of work out this walk on a monthly basis. Listen, we need to do this thing daily. Christianity is daily, man. You've got to be able to get up in the morning and make some time to spend with your God. Because if you're not doing that, man, you're drowning. See, there's a desperate, 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 desperate need. You see, I was reading this because we were called from the mediocre to walk in the miracle. Jesus calls him and he says, look, come, come out of the boat. You know, there's so many people here, I don't want to embarrass anybody, but when I first got saved, most of us did not come from an affluent background. Let's be real. Jokers, right? We didn't come from a background. You know, you, you know, this Nando's fellowship that, that didn't happen all the time. It was Morley's and Favorites Chicken. Let's just keep it real. And it was a time where you can get, you know, two bits of chicken for $1.99 and chips. That's where we came from. And sometimes you, you, you know what? You, someone will buy one box and you'll be like, hey, big man, give me a chip, right? That's how we came into the house of God. So some of us, some of you should have been screaming, Amen, because God has blessed you, man. Now we're married. Sir. Some of us, you've got fantastic jobs. you got, listen, you're being blessed. This, you, you're wearing clothes that fit you. you. You better thank God for that, man. You see, when I got saved, people can testify, I would wear orange shoots. I would wear all the hand-me-downs. I couldn't go to Most Bros and spend a little 120 on a suit. Do you know what I'm saying? We, I know where I came from. And the thing is, you realize that God calls you from the mediocre. And the reason I'm trying to present this case to you guys is because now I've got to this place in my mind, where I'm telling myself, you deserve a Ferrari. You deserve it. You work very hard. You deserve it. What about the kids? What about the kids? <laughs> what about them? They're not the one waking up, you know, traveling. You know, I just drove two hours from work to get here. They're not doing this. I, des- I deserve it. And I'm going to get it. And if it means I've got to you know, move a few things around, I'm like, where did you come from, Brandon? God redeemed you, restored you. And he's given you this blessing that you you have this opportunity, but now you're focusing more on the blessing and you're forgetting the blesser. And this is the thing. When you don't realize that you're sinking, you start to make rational decisions in your mind, but re- they're crazy. You were raised in Christ. Some of you are church kids. You go to uni, you lose your mind. You just go, you just there, pie and raving, just dressing like some... C- come on man, you, know you lost your mind, you're sinking, and now even, you know, people come back to the house of God, and yeah, man, people, man, this is summer, and I know ladies, it's hot, but please man, please, cover it up, Do you know am saying, just please, just, 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 you know, you know what I'm saying, that we, we, I don't want to see a crease, I don't want to see, just, just, just please man, like I said, if you can't pray in it, don't wear it. If you can't get on your knees and lift, God said, if you can't do that, man, don't worry. We don't want to see it, man. Because the thing is, you have to, you're forgetting. You're forgetting. You weren't raised like that. You weren't. And you, you walk around, you're sinking. You're sinking, man. I'm telling you, you're sinking. You never realize you're sinking, man people are telling you and you're like oh, that, sis man that dress is a little bit carnal you're always telling me you're, 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 no, you're sinking you're sinking I'm telling you no 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 you're serious it's serious no, no you've got to understand it man please on Sunday please it's holy set apart right day of rest I want to rest from the, the carnality of the world I want to be able to walk into the church and not to, oh my, oh my, I don't have to come my I don't want that please Please, let's not even in my notes. Please, just please. Oh my days! Listen, come on, guys. Listen, 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 listen. See, we came into the house of God barely. You know, I use this picture. That's how we come into the house of God. You come in barely holding on, right? Some of us came into the house of God with one finger. One finger, just one finger. Because, listen, when you come into the house of God, that's when God reveals how desperate your situation is. You can have money, car, girls, whatever it is that you, you, you value. But when you come into the house of God, God reveals that, hold on a minute, you are drowning and you're, ending, you're, you're, you're taking your life to hell. Listen, there is a blessing in sinking though. Because once you realize you're sinking, you realize you need a savior. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen, you might be living in sin right now and you're doing things that you're not supposed to be doing. Can I tell you something? God wants to redeem you. Yes. God wants to save you from your sin. You can, Listen, it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing, whether you're telling lies, whether you're doing fraud, it makes no difference. Whether you're living in fornication, you're sinking, you're drowning, you're destroying yourself, you're making choices that ultimately are going to put you in a place where you don't want to be. But the beauty of God, grace of God, man, See, you know what's so amazing about the faith of Peter? He still couldn't see God when he stepped on the water. He stepped out by faith, right? It was dark. Man, we're, we're so used to light pollution in the UK that we don't really see what darkness is. Have you ever been driving back from a, on a motorway where there's no motorway lights? The only car on the road? I remember one time my brother just did it to scare me. He turned the lights. What of my days. It was darkness. But, and the thing is, he couldn't see where Jesus was. But as he starts to sink, he knew how to respond. Listen, as you're sinking, you might not be able to see Jesus. Can I tell you, he's very close. Because when you're about to feel like you're about to give your last breath, your last gasp, listen, he's right there. He's able, because the Bible says that when he cries out, Lord, help me, the Bible says immediately, immediately, God was, at, he was able to hold him. He was able to pull him out can i tell you listen god wants to pull you out it doesn't matter what it is that you're facing god pulled him out and he's able to st- and you know what's so crazy because the boat wasn't close to him no more he walked to christ so the boat's not there so imagine now god has pulled him out of the water and now they're both walking on the water that's the place that you want to be walking on the water with christ because god is able to keep you above any circumstance any struggle that you might be facing but you've got to cry out for help. I wonder if Peter just sunk, if God would have been like... There's an onus on salvation that you have to respond. You have to make the decision. Listen, I want to be saved. I was reading about lifeguards that, you know, it gets to a point, if a lifeguard is trying to save someone, and they're, they're trying to stop you from being saved, you're just going to leave them. You're just going to leave them. Because they're going to cause you to drown. You have to want to be saved. You have to say, listen, I'm surrendering myself. You can't be kicking out anymore. You just have to be like, look, you know what they do? They, they get you in a little thing like a, it looks like a headlock though, doesn't it? They get you in a headlock and, they, they, and then they start to do their, their backstroke thing. They, they're saving you, but you have to just let go. You have to trust God because you can't do it by yourself. You, sometimes people think you're drowning, but you want to show people how to swim. No, 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 you're drowning. Just Relax. Trust God, man. You've got to cry out. Listen, it doesn't matter how desperate your situation, you've got to cry out. Listen, you might have been the top disciple at one point and now you don't feel like you're what you're supposed to be. You've got to cry out. You might have been, do you know what, living clean, living pure. We don't even know what you're doing. But in the secret place, you're drowning. You've got to cry out. You can't just allow, you can't just be drowning in silence. You know, one of the things I read about is dry drowning. Have you ever heard about that dry drowning? It happens in kids a lot, where they're they're, they're in water, and as they're playing in the water, some of the water stays within their, their, their throat. And then what happens is, after they've left the swimming pool, even hours after, they're no longer submerged, that they can still drown. Listen, man, backsliding is not on the cards. Because you might go out there, you might, we're trying to take you out, but there's still some of that stuff inside of you. And it's it's working, trying to destroy you, it's trying to listen, man. The devil is a liar, man. And every single time we try to play with him and think we can handle this, no, you're gonna end up destroying your life. The Bible says, and immediately Jesus stretched out his arm, he caught him and he said to him, Oh, ye of little faith, why did you doubt? Why do you doubt? You know, because when you're going through the struggle, I started to tell myself when I faced this financial struggle, I started to tell myself, do you know what I'm going to do? Come on, man, I could do another job. And I could be blessed. I was telling myself, do you know what, I don't... This, like I said, man, this whole preaching thing doesn't pay the bills. I just got to just put that on the side and just, let me work this out myself. Let me just sort a few things out. But I didn't realize That's just me communicating, I've lost faith in God. You know, when you're in circumstances, just, just as a side note, that's when God wants to bless you. God comes in the midst of your struggle. God comes and helps you, builds you up. Right? And you know, when I sometimes I have to remind myself: this is who you were, this is how you were living, this is what you had. You had nothing when you got paid you was in overdraft this is who you were you couldn't afford to sustain yourself let alone a family but God in his wisdom in his grace has been able to keep you but now you've got to a place in your mind well I now I need to work this out myself you can't do that trust God have faith in it. he's able to help you through any situation he's able to restore and rebuild do you understand even when you feel like there's no way out God will make a way out we see it in the word of God cry out to him as you cry out to him God is faithful you know I love Shadrach, Meshach and you know the other one Bimbego <laughs> but I was African you know I love those guys man even in the fiery furnace they, they still believed they still believe. faith is that thing trust God God is able to help you Just it doesn't matter what it is you, can, you run out of money trust God Be faithful in the house of God. Read your word. Pray. Believe God. Cry out to him. Because when you do that, I tell you something, man. God is going to start moving. God is going to start getting into your situation. And you know what? Your situation becomes a testimony, man, of what God can do. God is able to do this thing. I want to close very quickly. We have to establish lifeguards in our lives. Because when I went through what I was going through, listen, I was able to speak to my pastor. I was able to speak to him. Sometimes the things that I I, I speak to him about, may it be my marriage, may it be whatever it is, it's embarrassing. It's embarrassing, it's shameful. That, you know what, you're preaching the gospel, how can you be struggling in your mind like that? How can you be so covetous? That's what the devil wants to tell you. But I've already established lifeguards in my life. You know the Bible says that you need to, you need to submit yourself to your leaders. The book, the book of Hebrews says this. Because they watch over you. They're lifeguards. They're there. They're, they're watching. How you? Do. And you know sometimes they'll come. They'll speak into your life. Why? Because they see you drowning. You know if you've ever been swimming and you're misbehaving. And the lifeguards come and say, listen you can't do that there. You shouldn't be doing that. They're able to speak to you. Why? Because they're watching out for your lives. I've established lifeguards in my life. I'm able to speak to my pastor. I'm able to speak to my brother, Pastor uh, Pastor Miles. I'm able to call up Brother Kyle. I'm able to speak to these people and understand listen, man, am I losing my mind? Am I saying things I shouldn't be saying? Am I doing things? And they're able to, you know what, act as a lifeguard in my life. Who watches over you with that attitude? Who watches over you when you don't share nothing? Secret sin hiding and creeping. Who's watching over you? I read a story about a young boy that he was told he shouldn't be playing by the pier. And what happens is, you know, they all go into the house and this young boy sneaks out, jumps off the pier because he wanted to swim a little bit longer. But he slips and he hits himself and he drowns by himself. This is the picture of people that will live their life and not understand the power of discipleship. You need someone in your life to be able to speak into your life. They're able to keep watch over you. God is faithful. You know, God, man, God, every time I've messed up, God. Every time I lose my mind, God. Every time. And even the future times I'll lose my mind, God. I'm just, God. The altar is, man, is the best thing in the world. Because I can go there and just, God, that's, that's God this is, and God, God, this is, and every time, no matter what it is I've done, God always reaches out his hand. I go to the altar drowning, but I always leave walking on water. We can leave this place walking on water. Amen? Amen. Let's take some time to pray, guys. Hope you've been blessed edified and challenged by the sermon to reach the lost and make disciples for more information on what we do and who we are visit us at phcwandsworth.co.uk